friends, and welcome to The World Transformed. Tonight we're talking about when everybody's super, no one will be. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am super fantastic. How are you, my friend? <laughs> I'm feeling super as well, and I, I, hey, I think, uh, you know, the more the merrier. I mean, I don't think that uh, no one will be if everyone's super. When everyone's super fantastic, everyone will be super fantastic, right? I, <laughs> that's right. There's no downside. Who could, who could have kind of a the problem point. with that? Yeah. So, <laughs> so that is a take on a line, obviously, from the original movie, The Incredibles. And I'm going to say this from the outset. This edition of World Transformed is going to be chock full of Incredibles and Incredibles 2 spoilers. So if you haven't seen Incredibles 2 yet, don't listen to the show, because, or if you feel that our telling you how it ends is going to ruin it for you, don't listen to the show. And if you haven't seen The Incredibles, you've got some catching up to do, so go watch The Incredibles, and then go see Incredibles 2, and then it's come like back. It's like a 14-year-old movie, guys. Come on. Yeah, yeah you've uh, got go watch plenty it. of time, and it's worth a watch. Yeah. I've seen Incredibles 2 with my family last week. Loved it. You've seen it, Stephen. Yep. How did how, uh-huh. you feel about it? Loved it, too. So, I mean, again, this is the point at which uh, members of the audience that hadn't seen The Incredibles 2 can, can stop the recording, go watch the movie. We think it's great. You uh, need to go see it. So Go see it. Uh, it's, and then, and then come back movie. and listen to this. Yeah, now, very good there's been some interesting discussion about Incredibles 2, and it actually revises some discussion, brings back some discussion that – not revises. What's the word I'm looking for? Resurrects some discussion yeah. that went on around the original Incredibles, which is, are these movies anti-tech? And are they perhaps anti-transhumanist? So there is a case to be made that maybe they are. And we're going we're gonna to get into that a little bit. There was this piece on The Verge called The Incredibles Movies Have a Weird Relationship with Technology. It's expressly used to move toward the future, which is presented as much less desirable than the past. Okay, well, the subheadline I believe is not correct, and we're going to get into past futures versus <laughs> versus futures versus past presents, because I, I'm not entirely clear what the relationship to a, a real timeline is going on in the Incredibles anyway, where right. they're supposed to be in time, and what they think about what's going to happen in the future, I, I, I don't think it's clear at all. But we'll get, to, we'll get to that. Let's talk about the weird relationship with technology first. I'm going to read just a little section from, from this piece on The Verge. It says, there's another subtler thread running through the two Pixar films. And because it repeats, it seems to point to a larger philosophy. Both movies feature villains whose evil deeds give the franchise a markedly technophobic outlook. In The Incredibles, it's Syndrome, a normal human with no superpowers, who uses his tech skills to amass a huge fortune, which he plans to use to effectively rid the world of supers. In The Incredibles 2, it's Screenslaver, a normal human with no superpowers, who uses her tech skills to amass a huge fortune, which she plans to use to actually rid the world of supers. In a world where society vilifies superpowered heroes, it's strange that the villains don't have powers too. Wouldn't someone with superpowers defeating supers be a blessing rather than a curse to a system that hates supers? These fil- the films instead attach a kind of moral superiority to natural powers and place them above any abilities attained through tech innovation. So let's unpack that just, just a little bit. First off, Syndrome, the bad guy in the first Incredibles. He does have the, the line that creates 
our title here when he, when he says, I'm going to make everybody super through this technology that I'm going to invent, and then when everybody is super, nobody is super. Okay, that's true, but that's actually phase two of his plan, and it's almost kind of a throwaway. It's not really his yeah. real plan. His real plan is to become a superhero and get all the adulation and adoration and love and respect and power that that entails, right? I think basically he wants to be the last superhero. He wants right. to be the... He wants to be the, the final word on what superheroes were, and then everybody's super after that. So his place in history is it would be secure uh, in, that, in that plan. So, yeah, I yeah, think that leveling, kind of leveling the about. playing field and making everyone super is an afterthought to him. Yeah, after I'm done. After yeah. I've done and I've had my fun, then I'll do that. You That's know? exactly right. That is the context in which he says that. So his mm-hmm. real drivers here, envy of the supers, and just this lust for power, okay? Right. So I, I, I think you have to be clear about that. It's not like Syndrome is a transhumanist with a vision for humanity that the supers are standing in the way of, right? He's not trying to do a good thing. There's, there's, no, right? there's, the, the, there's no indication that, that he's doing that out of any generosity or wanting to, wanting to make other people better. But it is a pretty but, telling line. When he says well, that, because there's, that is there's one more bad guy. There's one more bad guy that we need to go ahead and mention, and it's the bridge bad guy between the two movies, Underminer. Okay. Again, no indication that un- the Underminer has superpowers, but powered by technology once again. So I, ah. that that is an interesting point that's being made in this article. But I think that this is. This article is just pointing out where the metaphor fails, Phil. See, because this this is a metaphor that's being used to make a larger point that The Incredibles is trying to make. And that is that there is a tendency in in our society to tear down people that are exceptional. Right. That no one should be uh, more exceptional than anybody else in anything because that might make someone feel bad. That's the whole point of the, the initial Incredibles movie, in my opinion, is that uh, you know, there's this tendency to, to push people underground or make people act as though they are not really special when they really are. And I think there really is a tendency to do that. I mean, if you're the smartest kid in class, you better not act like you want to have any friends, things like that. And, and so I think what you're seeing here is a, a point at which the metaphor kind of fails that uh, when, it, it, when it's supers versus technology, that's not necessarily what – I don't think that uh, The Incredibles is trying to say anything anti-tech. I mean, Mr. Incredible has that fantastic automobile that uh, you, right. see even, you see more of in the second movie than the first, and that's just loaded with tech, and no one thinks that's a bad thing, right? Yeah. I don't think it's anti-tech at all. I just the think that's are, the point at which the metaphor fails. Yeah, the movies so. are full of gadgets and tech that these folks rely on and that brings value to their lives and that's cool. And it's never yeah. questioned, right? It's just it's part of their substructure of their lives, right? There's just all kinds of cool stuff. And <laughs> Elastigirl's, like Elastigirl's new motorcycle was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, that was awesome. I mean, yeah. that, that, that was a, you know what? That was a great idea because there have been a lot of stretchy superheroes over the years. But why has no one ever thought of that? Like, oh, that's so cool, you know? It's a detachable Thanks motorcycle where you can uh, that, that was just, uh, what a great idea great fusion of superpowers and tech right there right that, that right. tells you that they're that they're not anti-tech 
in in magazines. The Pixar people love tech. I mean, the idea that oh they yeah, and, uh, the tech is. I mean, there we wouldn't have these movies uh, but for extreme graphical arts, right? I mean, uh, they, these these guys are all about the tech. They they use the tech to bring stories with art. That's the right. Whole, that's their whole the whole mission of their company right. is to fuse the two to bring to bring uh, stories that mean something to you with the very finest of technology. So, so if, the, if the superheroes in the Incredibles movies are stand-ins for exceptional people, they're stand-ins right. for those with, with a certain amount of talent and, and capability, let's, let's follow the logic here. If you level the global playing field by making everybody super, right, through technology, Every, suddenly everybody has all kinds of wonderful capabilities because technology has enabled it. Would that amount to handing out participation to- trophies to the whole planet Earth, right? Would that, w- would, would that be the same as celebrating mediocrity as Mr. No, not at all, not at all. There's, there's a big difference between saying that, you know what, um, we, can't, we can no longer have a valedictorian for our high school uh, and, and allow them to give a speech because that would make the other kids feel bad. And that, seriously, there are high schools that have gone that way. Hmm. You know, you might have the highest GPA in the, uh, in this graduating class, but we can't celebrate you because you know, uh, that would be, that would be wrong. Well, no, exceptionalism should be celebrated. It gives, it gives people something to strive for. Right, it's a good thing to celebrate things like that. So, is that the so is is leveling the playing field in in the one way where we can't celebrate valedictorians? Is that as is is that the same as saying, hey, uh, now we can all we can all be as smart as the valedictorian because we have this new tech that would allow it, or whatever allows for that sort of thing? Um, if we're all uh, as, as smart as the valedictorian now, um, then that's a that's that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. I think. Forced equality of outcomes is something that Brad Bird, the guy who made The Incredibles, is opposed to. And right. the point is, even if you boost everybody in the school to the exact same level of IQ, you still won't have equality of outcomes. You'll outcome. still have exceptional people. Yeah. You'll still have people who works harder, tries harder, whatever, gets it better, goes faster, whatever, and becomes the valedictorian. There will still be a kid right. who did better than, than, than the other yeah. kids, even if, even, if, even if you level the playing field. If you give everybody in the world superpowers, there will be more powerful people with the superpowers than, than others because they become more adept with them. They, they learn to use them better, and there will still be <laughs> exceptional people. There will always be exceptional <laughs> Mr. people. Mr. Miyagi says there's always someone who knows more karate. You know? That's right. <laughs> That's right. So, so to me, that totally invalidates this point that the author makes here. The Incredibles essentially want to move backward into a nostalgic time when they were at the height of their powers and heroes were more accepted. The villains want to move forward into a self-created future where heroes aren't superior, even if that means they don't exist at all. Well, I I think that's wrong in a couple of ways. The villains don't care about a self-created future. (laughs) They're not trying to do anything good for humanity. The screen slaver is literally enslaving people. Okay. Right. Screen slavery is that it's in the name, guys. Uh, yeah. This this bad guy is enslaving people. So. Right. Yeah. Her storyline, what she's doing, to me, feels a lot more in line with something like Black Mirror, or with yeah. even the shows we've done about the downsides to technology, the downsides to uh, to um, social media and stuff like that. That 
that, that we've been talking about. You don't have to be anti-tech. We're not anti-tech, and we talk about the risks of technology. We talk about the danger that can arise from technology, and that's all that is, right? Yeah. But flip it around. The superheroes in those movies, they don't want to dominate. They don't want to be on top. They're not nostalgic for a time when they were running the world, right? They just want to do what they're able to do. It really reminds me, as I was thinking about this, that scene in the very first Superman movie where Clark has raced the car home, right? Somehow he got ahead of the kids who were left the school after, he left the school after them on foot, and they got way ahead of him. And the car drives by, and you know, it's like, what? How'd he get there? What, what happened? And, and his dad is giving, like, it's like basically dressing him down, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, he's showing off their son, and, and they get into this interesting discussion. It's a very interesting discussion where he says, you know, if I played football, I could make a touchdown every single time I got the ball. Is that showing off? Is it showing off, he says at one point, when a bird flies, right? If somebody does what they're able to do, is that showing off? And, of course, then Paul realizes, it's like, no, of course not. It's just you have a different, more important destiny, right, even than scoring touchdowns or, or, or looking cool. But that's all Clark wants to do is he wants to do what he's able to do. And that's all the Incredibles want to do, right? They want to do yeah. some good with the abilities that they have. That's their motivation. They're not trying to recreate a world where they're on top. I feel like this author is really reading a lot of motivation in there that does not show up anywhere. Mr. Incredible, right. even when he's an insurance guy, is like trying to game the system to help people, right? <laughs> you know, he's <laughs> at risk of losing his job, right? Just because he wants, right. he wants to help people and he sees a way through the system that would, that, that would, that would actually help them. So... I, I just I think that's that's messed up. You look at the villains and say, yeah, they're lust for power. Well, the heroes must too. And I don't I don't think that's the way the stories are written. And I don't think it's an accurate description of what's happening in those movies. Not at all. But right. I, I think it would help if in the Incredibles universe you had a bad guy with superpowers, or you had a good guy who didn't have any. Right. It, right. An Iron Man or a Batman or something like that. That would that, that would help sort of sort it out. It's not that it's not that people with superpowers are good and evil, envious people use technology to try to take it away. That has been sort of the plot, and you can <laughs> you can you can read that into it here if you want to. And I don't think that's the point at all. I think you could have made those movies with Syndrome actually having real superpowers. You could make them with instead of Frozone. Mr. Incredible's best friend is a Batman type character. It still would have it still would have completely worked, I think. And you could and you could also say something interesting about people that are exceptional using their exceptional abilities in in very in evil ways. You can do use your gifts in ways that are not that are not helpful to humanity, right? And I think the Incredibles movies could say something about that. I'm going to go ahead and call it. The Incredibles three is going to be about that. Oh, okay. All right. Good. I'm going to make that. I'm going to make that prediction that uh, they'll make an Incredibles three, and it'll it'll deal with some exceptional people that are villains. Yeah. And um, and maybe and, and maybe have a Batman or or an Iron maybe Man have a Batman. Well, they do have a character like that. They've got Edna, right? She's yeah. not a superhero, <laughs> but she's very much their equal, if not their boss, right? <laughs> Pretty much feels she can tell them what to do. And her only superpower is that she's smart and she knows how to make costumes and she has incredible taste, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> she's slapping Elastigirl around in the first movie. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember who you are. Yeah. And so there's, and come back and, and talk to me. I, I enjoy these little talks. 
<laughs> when you're done. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. She's great. She's yeah, great. She's, she's amazing. And you know what? She is exceptional, but she's not a superhero. Yes. She's not a superhero. She doesn't have superpowers. She's just a good example of that's what it means to be exceptional. You know, you've got an ability right. and you go with it and you make something of it. And I think that's that's where the movies are going. Well, there's one other thing we've got to say about this because this touches on one of our favorite topics, one of your favorite topics. And I, I feel like we would be remiss if we didn't address this since we're talking about this piece. I think we've, we've pretty much established that the thing about technology is wrong. But here's this. The Incredibles franchise is set in a retro future a wash in mid-century modern design meant to evoke the kind of rosy nostalgia that fuels most of Pixar's films. That certainly lends itself to a technology-suspicious outlook, if not an outright technology-averse one. Wrong. Okay, first. And then yeah. we'll keep going here. The backdrop fits an action-packed story in the visual style of Golden Age comics, but the franchise's designers seem to have focused on the era's visual aesthetics while ignoring the other implications of setting a story during a time period frequently weaponized as a utopian vision of how America once was and should be again. Retro-futuristic design leans on a nostalgia that isn't true to what the period of time was actually like for people who weren't straight, white, middle-class Protestant men. Okay, so let's unpack here real fast. First off, a past future is not the past, right? So no, That's right. There's also even, not the future. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> They're the future that was not, right? I mean, that's right. That's 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 what that's what a past future is. So, so the idea that we're using this visual imagery to evoke nostalgia is possible. I won't I won't deny that there's a possibility of that. But the the added idea that that nostalgia necessarily is for a time when people were repressed is just ridiculous. Okay. That yeah. yeah, I think the the aesthetic that they're trying to capture is the nineteen sixties and I, specifically not even the our nineteen sixties that actually happened. I think what they're trying to capture is Kennedy's new frontier. Mm, yeah. Um in his in his exception acceptance speech, uh he spoke about a new frontier. He said the new the frontier of the nineteen sixties, the frontier of unknown opportunities and perils the frontier of unfulfilled hopes and un, unfilled threats. Beyond that frontier are uncharted areas of science and space, unsolved problems of peace and war, etc., etc. He, he, his new frontier was what I, I think, uh, you know, it's the space age. It's very techno, you know, science and technology are, are very much a part of that. And um, so it's not anti that at all, right? As was uh, social but, progress, right? That was a big part of right. Kennedy's whole thing. He was big that was, on that. That was a huge decade for you know marching out of some of the worst uh, worst tendencies uh, that in our country that uh, we we had. And so sometimes we put a bit of a halo around that decade. There were some bad things as well, but I think that that's what they're trying to do. That's the aesthetic that they're putting on these films. I, I think so too. And it's not it's not really a past future. It's kind of a past present, right? They, th th those movies right. don't really feel to me like they're set in the future, particularly. Most of the right. tech is is roughly equivalent to, to to what we have right now. But it's just a design that evokes. I think you're right, kind of an optimistic view of the world, which includes an optimistic view of technology. In fact, the fact that they like that look tells you everything you need to know about how much they like they like technology. So I, I just I feel that that this author has really missed the point there. And yeah. I'm going to stand firm on the idea that we can be nostalgic about prior periods in, 
in history, even when things weren't perfect socially, just because we like the look, right? Because we want to add those <laughs> things to our, <laughs> to our past futures. Because, I mean, what's left, right? We, we can't borrow from other cultures because that's cultural appropriation. Now we can't borrow from our own culture either, right? Because we're nostalgic for the wrong things. It's like everything is, everything is off limits. Everything is politically incorrect. I'm calling it. People who like kitschy 50s and 60s design like it because they like it. And people of all stripes like it. You don't have to be part of the white male patriarchy to embrace it. Everybody yeah. who likes it likes it. End of discussion. I hope we've set everyone straight on that point. And let me just swing it back around and say, for all this heady discussion, which I think is important, because I think it's important to talk about, talk about the futuristic and transhumanist implications of, of these kinds of movies. And I think it's great that The Incredibles really touches on that stuff. It's a family movie. It's a kid's movie. But it also has kind of these philosophical underpinnings. Um, I think it's great that, that we can talk about those things, and I think it's important to make sure that they're, that they're not misrepresented. But I also think go see the movie if you haven't. And, it's fun. Uh, yeah, and, and take your kids. Yeah, and take your kids if you got them. <laughs> and, call me, and call me when you're done. Uh, I enjoy our talks. absolutely (laughs) good stuff all right man well it's been a fun week look forward to next week we will be back with three brand new shows speaking of enjoying our talks thank you all for being with us and until next time live to see it 